So for any individual that's out there, they have to identify, am I ready to buy a home? Do I have the money? Do I have the down payment? Do I have the credit? Do I check all the boxes? And if that all aligns to being yes, then right now is a time for you to buy a home. But if not, then it's just, it's okay to rent. It's okay to be a renter. Yeah. It's probably stress-free to be a renter. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, you right. Hey, what name of this show? I Talk Great. I Talk Great. Y'all already know what it is, man. It's your boy, Mr. Williams, I Talk Gray, where we talk about the gray areas of business because it's never just black and white. I'm here with the real estate king in the building, Jeffrey. What's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course, man. It's been a little minute. We met on the Entrepreneur, I forgot what it's called, the Link Up, Entrepreneur Link Up. Yep, amazing, which is coming back actually July 8th. Excited for part yeah. two of that. Yeah, you gonna be there? Shout outs to Amari, most definitely. Yes, yes, of course. You gonna be in the building? I will definitely be there. Yes. Yeah. Excited, okay. Okay. Excited. Excited. It's July eighth, around four o'clock, and um, I, I know he ordered the banner today, and things are rocking and rolling. Okay, you a sponsor? I am not. No. Okay. He ordered the banner. Okay. 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 I spoke to him earlier, and he told me that. Okay. Okay. Man, I saw you the other day at the uh, Wealth Connect Live. On the yacht, man. You was doing your thizzle. Man, that was an amazing event. Let's yeah. Not, beyond the yacht party, just the whole three days, the Friday, the Saturday, the uh -huh. Sunday was just exceptional, man. I, I definitely took some nuggets and went to work, you know, and I'm just excited that once again, I was in the room. I was able to meet people. Yeah. I brought a lot of the speakers back. They're going to be coaching for us here in the real estate space for Claudiane and myself. And wow, that's excited amazing. for the connections that we made, man. And that's really what it's about when you go to these events. It's not just going and taking information and not implementing it. Mm -hmm. It's going, taking information, implementing it, and seeing who you can collaborate with and create new friends and new partners. No, facts. What do you think about the future of these type of events? Like, do you think... It's going to last long or what do you think? Because I've been hearing people talk like, man, I, I was at an event the other day and this lady was like, stop paying these people and stop paying. They're not giving you the sauce. What's your thoughts on that? I'm kind of twofold on it, to be honest with you. I think okay. one, I'm gonna, and I'm going to be truthful if I may. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, we, we like transparency. There you go, baby. I think one, you got to attend these events and understand that you need them to re-synergize yourself. What happens is sometimes we lose energy and we lose momentum and we attend mm. these type of events so that they refocus us and tell us, man, we can do it. Yeah. We've seen people do it. We can go even further. But I think also what happens now is with the access to YouTube, Instagram, mm -hmm. TikTok, what you're seeing, though, is you're seeing pretty much the same stuff there okay. that you're seeing in person. Yeah. So then you can say, man, I'm going to sit all the way in the front and pay the $20,000 seats or the $10,000 seats, or I'm going to sit all the way in the back and pay the $200 seats. Yeah. But at the end of the day, is it all the same when they're recording, just like we're on now recording, Yeah. and then they're playing the back. Mm -hmm. They're having discussions about it the next day. Yeah. They're selling the, the recording. So is it really worth it is the conversation that I ask myself. Yeah. But then I know that you got to have a couple of objectives when you attend these type of things. Yeah. Who am I going to meet? Number one, who am I going to meet that Correct. I can collaborate with, which is what we did. Yes. What piece of information that I'm, that I'm looking for and I'm going to implement right away. Mm -hmm. And number three, what ideas can that give me that I can now put into work and know that's going to be beneficial to me or my team or whatever business that I'm in. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with you, bro. Like when the lady was saying it, I was like, 
okay, I get what you're saying, the YouTube, but it's different like what you were just saying in energy. regards to the energy and the people that you can meet, the networking side of it and the building relationships afterwards. So I totally agree with you on that. But before we get so deep, right, in the sauce, where are you from? Born and raised here in Miami, Florida. Really? In my whole life. Yeah, 305? Man. The 305, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, when I when I got into real estate, I ended up moving over to the 954, so I've been in the 954 forever. But 305. 954. Yeah, you go. There you go. All but right. The 305 is home, man. I was actually in Miami today looking at a house that we're going to be putting on the market. And what it did was it reminded me of the home that I grew up in because the backyards mm. were so big. Okay. Nowadays you're in these houses and in these zero lot lines and there's really no backyard and you're touching your neighbors and, and those type of things. So it just brought me back home for a quick second. And I yeah. stood in that backyard and I said, man, I remember these type of backyards growing up. Yeah. Do you think funny that you say that, right? Do you think having that backyard, do you think that played a part with expanding your vision for life? Me, nah, because I was always inside. <laughs> I was always indoors. Well, well what but kind of parents you had? You from the island or? Um, yeah, so so my, my, my dad is from Jamaica. Oh, yeah, yadi, man. Okay. <laughs> my mom is from Haiti. Um, wow. Yes, yes. Yadi yes. and Sapase. <laughs> yes, so. Um, okay. But, but at an early age, my parents were always here. You know, my mom came mm. here. Um, she had me in her 30s. My dad was in his 30s as well, but my parents came here from the time they was in their 20s. They've been here um, ever since. Okay. Um. So actually, I have actually uh never been to Haiti before. You speak Creole. No, I understand it. I understand okay. It, okay. Stop you, you you don't want to hear me speak it. Just, <laughs> I just, I just no, I've heard Haitians say that like if you're not like from there, you're not speaking the correct Creole. You're like yeah. speaking like the Ebonics in Creole and broken up, right? Yeah. Crazy, yeah. 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 Crazy, yeah. Crazy. Okay. Okay. So um, have you ever been in Jamaica? I've been there, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Kingston. I've never been to Kingston, but I've been to other parts, you know, the resort styles, um, okay. parts of Jamaica. So who would you choose from in terms of dish? Jamaica, Haiti, which one are you going with? I think with? they're both delicious, to be honest with you. No, I think, you're right. I think, I think a homemade, so I live alone. Lived, okay. Lived alone since I was about 20 years old, and I would say any home-cooked meal. That was a light flex right there, y'all didn't know that. <laughs> he said he's been living alone since 20 yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, so, um, I, I would say, um, any home cooked meal, mm -hmm. like a home cooked meal like that is definitely delicious compared to my Americanized dishes that I be just creating, putting together. And so you more Americanized with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say that. I okay. Okay. At least he honest, man. So what got you into real estate anyway? Like, so after high school, did you go to college? What was up? I did go to college. I ended up attending Nova, but before okay. that, before that, a great friend of mine was in the business of real estate and he told me to get into it. And I remember when I was graduating high school at the age of 18, my parents mm -hmm. told me to get into real estate. Really? And I actually said, no, I said, no, I always what? had the ambitions to, to be a real to be an attorney, to be an attorney. I always had the ambitions to be an attorney. And then, um, my friend said, get into real estate. And as you know, we don't listen to our parents, but we listen to our friends. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, um, Ended up working with him and then eventually getting my real estate license and the rest is history. So what made you want to be a lawyer? I always wanted to since the second grade. Really? And and I shared. So you had big dreams. Yeah, but really, I don't think it came out from wanting to be an attorney. Mm -hmm. I think what ended up happening, and I and I think about the story just the other day, you know. Uh -huh. Just the other day, I think about when we were little and we were probably in the second grade. Mm -hmm. And we all had to dress up as the character of what we wanted to become when we became adults. Uh, okay. And I wanted to be a firefighter. So a firefighter, a lawyer. 
but check it out. Let me, let me, let me tell you the story here. I wanted to okay. be a firefighter mm-hmm. and I, I didn't grow up with my mom or my dad I actually grew up with my aunt. So my mother was always working. She worked three jobs to, oh, to put okay. food on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad did his own thing. Um, so my aunt raised me. So I was living with my aunt and I remember having to attend that event, which is dressing up as the self that you see yourself when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a firefighter outfit to put on. So I wore a, and I remember this just like yesterday, yeah. I wore some gray slacks and a white button up. Ah, so you felt like you was in that part of a attorney. <laughs> yeah. So then what ended up happening was um, the kids made fun of me. They made fun of me for not wearing the right thing. And then I saw someone that wanted to be an attorney have the right thing on. And I ah. said, that's what correlated me to want to become an attorney right then and there. And that was the second grade. Wow. And I had that ambition since. Yeah. I guess the rest. I, I went yeah. high school. I, I participated in teen court. Mm-hmm. I participated in mock trials throughout um, Miami Dade County. Mm-hmm. I competed against other wanted to be attorneys as well. Yeah. Um. I did some community service work with the North Dade Justice Center. Okay. And I I really played my ties as far as being an attorney and saying that hey I was going to be an attorney and I honestly I still feel like it's in me though. Okay. So I always feel like at the age of 40, I share this story to everyone. At the age of 40, I plan to retire out of real estate. And I feel like somewhere in lines of that. So I'm you can still make it happen. 34, okay. Yeah, so All somewhere right. in the lines of that, there's an opportunity to go back to school and become that attorney. I hear a lot of people become attorneys at the age of 40. Bro, it's still possible. You have, uh, what, what was the name? Judge Joe Brown. I think he was like 50. Exactly. So it's still possible, man. You got to shoot for the stars. So, oh, um, Sorry, so, I don't mean to cut you. No, no, definitely. Um, I saw that you started real estate in 2008. Yes, since, yep, 2008. That's okay. when I started working with my friend. I was doing my, my due diligence. Right? <laughs> so how did you survive the crash? Because that's like renting, that's like when it was like now happening. So, so it wasn't my full-time gig. I went into real estate full-time in 2011 after I was let go of my job, which I'm going to talk to you about that. Ah, okay. But in 2008, I was working um, at the Fresh Market. It was a grocery store that I had mm-hmm. just climbed the ladder up and I ended up working for corporate office mm-hmm. by the age of like 17, 18 years old. I was working for corporate office. Okay. And um, my friend was in the real estate division of where a lot of people were facing foreclosure. Mm. And it was knocking on the people's doors. Yeah, I know that was the time. Yeah. Helping them to save their homes or helping them sell their homes. Yeah. And I remember us going to the courthouse numerous, numerous times, filing documents, assisting people out of their homes and learning modifications and learning how to save their houses and learning what deed and lieu was and Mm. all that stuff. So I ended up, I, I remember knocking on this one guy's house that was battling cancer. And I'm, I'm 18, 19 at this time, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of new to me what's going on in America, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't care about what's going on with my house right now. I'm battling cancer. And I'm like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but then now, now being at the age that I am, I think it's bigger yeah, than yeah. the house. You know, it's bigger yeah. than the house. So um, I, I worked with my friend for, for a great time. We, we're still great friends till today. Okay. But what happened was I, I wanted to go greater. You know, and we decided, yes, 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 yes. So, so we decided to part ways, and that's when I joined the company that I was with, and which was known as the Kai's Company, and I just climbed the ladder there as well. Wow. Okay, man. You've been preparing throughout life. You know, you might have not known, but you was right. So, what type of mindset do you think you have to have before you become a real estate agent? I think any 
field of work. I always believe the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So I think with any field of work, you got to have a, definitely a professional mindset. Yeah, yeah. But I believe also a go-getter mindset. Mm. And it's not something that everyone has. Yes. But it's something I think that can definitely you can find. Really? You can find a go-getter mindset because you have to understand that our whys are different. And you have to allow your why to be bigger. All whys. Okay, sorry. Yes. I thought you said whys, like W-I-S-E. No, whys. W-H-Y-S. Your okay, whys. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's true. Um, to be bigger than anything else. So, yeah. for example, maybe it's health. Maybe you want to help your parents out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want financial freedom. Yeah. Maybe you're stuck living somewhere that you don't want to live. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you desire to have a whole lot of money. Whole lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. um, and so so I think anyone can be successful in the space of real estate. Okay. But it's identifying your why, and what happens to the real estate market now is why I believe it gets watered down. Mm-hmm. Is because so many people don't understand why they're getting into real estate. Uh, they don't have no vision. Exactly. They don't have a long term vision, and mm-hmm. they don't really know why. You know, yeah. I probably was that person. Okay. I, was, I probably got into real estate because my friend told me to get into real estate. Yeah. I saw he was doing extremely well. Okay. And I probably said, man, I desire to have this. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something correct. Mm-hmm. So so let me go do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not really understanding that, man, you're actually changing people's lives. Yeah. When you're able to put a buyer and a seller together, you're changing someone's life. Yeah. When you're able to make something happen that someone believed that could not happen, you're changing mm-hmm. their lives. You know, all the time I tell my people, and I run a team, Excited to be running a 60-man team now, but when I... Wow, 60-man <laughs> team? So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Up, man. That's dope. But when I when I talk to my team, I say, man, it's not really about the million-dollar deals. Mm-hmm. It's about the 60 or 70-year-old person that believed that she could never be a homeowner. She finally owns a home after renting 20, 30, 40 years. And then you show her that it is an opportunity for you to own your own house. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what it's about. And that's when it's actually changing people's lives. You're, you're, you're creating opportunities for people to become millionaires and they don't even know it. Wow. No, man, that's so impactful. Are you a business owner, entrepreneur, entertainer, and you got a story to tell? You want to get your brand out there to the world? Well, you reach the right place. Let's set up an exclusive interview between me and you. I talk great. And we're going to go ahead and get your brand out there to the world. But hear what you do. Go ahead and send me an email with the words gray at italkgraymedia at gmail.com. See you soon. So, man, getting into the real estate game, right? Do you just shoot straight to the multi-million listings? How do you start off? What's the best way to start off? It's funny you say that. Before I answer your question, though, I'm going to say one thing that uh-huh. I don't know if this question's on the agenda or not. But if I can go back, mm-hmm. what is one thing that I would change? Mm-hmm. And as I drove down Oakland Park Boulevard to get here, cause I was like, man, these homes are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I thought of this the other day, but then I thought of it again. If I were to go back when I first started real estate, I'd probably not be afraid to go after the bigger deals. Mm. So you think a, a, a newbie should start at the top first, not the bottom? I think you should start where... You want to start. Okay. Because what happens is, is that A, there's a fear in you that mm-hmm. believe that you can never sell homes of 2 million, 5 million, 10 million. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, a notion in the real estate space that you always got to start small and go big. Mm-hmm. Then you may not have the right people around you. And they're mm-hmm. going to tell you, no, you're not educated enough to sell luxury. 
or work commercial or do land acquisitions. So what I believe though is that when you get into the space of real estate, you have to really understand, man, where do I see myself working and what group or niche do I see myself helping the people out? Okay. I worked with buyers and sellers my whole real estate career until 2018, man. I say it again until 2018 where I said I wanted to work with only sellers. And what did I do? I started taking education courses. I started uh, aligning myself. I started yeah. focusing on working directly with sellers. Yeah. Hence why I'm dropping something I'm going to be dropping. We'll talk about it later on. Okay. My own community. I'm excited about that. <laughs> hey, okay, okay, okay. And in my community, I'm going to help other real estate professionals work with sellers. Okay. Because that's another thing. They always believe that when you first start in the real estate business, you got to work renters, you got to work buyers, and you got to work your way to sellers. No, mm. I don't want to do that. I don't want that. Okay, so how do you choose the right broker? I think you got to understand, once again, what is being provided to you. Mm. So anyone that wants to be successful, you're going to need coaching and mentorship. Even and after you take the real estate course? Of course. Okay. That so real estate that, course is just a, a, a guidance to provide you an opportunity to get a real estate license. Uh, but for you to okay. learn inundate stuff, mm -hmm. because what happens is when you become the realtor, you become the psychologist, you become the attorney, what? You the police officer, you become the teacher, you become everything, and you don't learn that in the field. So realtors are 24-7. Let's talk, about, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that because um, I don't believe so. Okay. I really don't believe so. And I think once again, it's an operation of a business. All right. And I think if we sum this all up, it's, it's running a business. And one thing that why people are not successful sometimes mm -hmm. is that they don't understand that they're operating a business. Mm. So you have to understand that you're the CEO, CEO, CMO now. Okay. okay. CFO. And people don't understand that sometimes. And that kind of messes them up. So as a brand new realtor that's getting their real estate license, how do they choose a brokerage? Mm -hmm. They have to make sure that they do the education and they say, man, does this company align with my long-term goals? Can this company get me to the next level? Does mm. this company have the, the skills, yeah. the technology, and the tools to guide me to where I want to get to? And that's where it goes back to what do I want to work with? If I want to work with sellers, am I going to work with a company that only does rentals? Okay. If I want to do luxury, uh, am I going to work with a company that has no luxury sales? Okay. And if I want to do commercial, am I going to work with a company that does a lot, a lot of commercial? Or am I going to work mm -hmm. with a company that does not? So what you got to do is you got to really study. And, you know, shame on me, though. When I signed up, granted, I had visited a few brokerages. Yeah. But kind of when I had decided that I could get my real estate license, I kind of went to the first brokerage that called me and I made a decision off of that. Okay. You know, I thought everything that they said made sense. I mm -hmm. didn't know any better. Were you just hungry for it? And you just like, yo, I'm going to just put my feet wherever and swim. So, so, so I had started working with my friend full time, 2011, mm -hmm. um, after being kicked out, I would say corporate America. Okay. And then I had said, man, I got to get to the gold faster. So then that's when I started talking to companies and this company happened to have called me, but they had called me years prior. Yeah. And I had met with them years prior. My, my, my previous manager, I met with her years prior. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I'm just going to go back there. Then I started interviewing some other companies, but then I just didn't, I just didn't understand what they were saying. And I just didn't like what they were saying. Okay. So this company kind of seemed to have made sense to me at the time. All right. They talked about training. I didn't know anything about a split because I probably would have never agreed to that today. <laughs> 
But um, and a, split, yeah. a split is a commission um agreement that you decide between you and the broker. Yeah, isn't that like standard though? So so not really because um really <laughs> okay no I, I thought the broker gets their commission and then the real estate agent gets their commission. They always do, but there you you can agree upon how much you get as far as a cut goes. You know, oh, so sometimes okay. they believe like as a newbie they believe that you you gotta get a fifty percent split or a sixty percent split. You gotta get it out the mud. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, I think it's negotiable. It's okay. negotiable, you that know. That man say he believe it's negotiable. Yeah. You don't get what you want. You get what you negotiate. There you go. Hey. There you go. And that's exactly it, man. Well, let me ask you a question, right? Something that I think people want to know. Like, what attracts so much migration to South Florida? Why everybody want to come down here? Paradise Island, man. Paradise Island. I think one of the one reasons that caused us to have a real estate boom the way we did during COVID is that mm-hmm. we, we don't have state taxes. That's number one. Let's educate people on that. We do not have state taxes. Okay. Um, we are very lenient on our rules. While things seem to be changing right now with the way our government is running, yeah, we're overall we're very lenient with our rules. I believe Florida was extremely open while other states were shut down during the pandemic during COVID. Mm-hmm. I believe that you have a huge populations of mixed people here. You know, no, that's true. Yeah, you have a lot of job opportunities here. You have stuff that are still growing, mm-hmm. and then I believe what what happens is when someone thinks of freedom, they think of Florida. Yeah. So you notice that a lot of people come here to retire, but a lot of people come here to be millionaires as well. Oh, that's true. And so why did the rents increase so much down here, man? Like, put us on. Hey, it's, 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 it's what's called demand, man. When, when, when the surplus goes over and there's a lot of demand for something, yeah. what do you do? You increase your prices. Because rent is keeping people together right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's You know, um, I was reading an article today from Redfin. Yeah. And Redfin says, while the real estate market may be down, mm-hmm. the demand for real estate is still up. Mm. So that means that there's a lack of inventory that's out there. Okay. People are still wanting to move to Florida. Yeah. They don't really care about the prices because they need what they need. No, that's true. And, you know, and what I believe, though, is honestly, some people believe cutting back. But I think as we continue to go day by day, a lot of people and the majority of people think about make more money. No, that's true. Yeah. You got to make more money. Make more you money. have to see how do I make more money in today's market yeah. to survive what's out there. Yeah. And maybe it's an additional job or maybe it's an additional gig or maybe it is some roommates. No, facts. You know, I, I, when I first moved out. I was paying ten seventy five a month. Damn, now, one bedroom, one bedrooms, yeah. Damn, yeah, yeah. Where was that? That was in Miramar. Okay, Miramar. You know, yeah, yeah. But but think about that today. A one bedroom is like eighteen, like 19, 18, 19, 2100. So is that why you got into the car luxury rental space? Because <laughs> I see you whipping it, man. Ah uh, man, Turo's been amazing to me. The people I've been able to meet, building uh-huh. my own database once again has been phenomenal to me as well. But honestly, Turo happened because I was driving my Mercedes mm-hmm. and I said, Space man, flexing again. <laughs> I said, man, this, this car's starting to burn a lot of gas with a lot of buyers that mm-hmm. I'm working with. So I need something that's a little bit more efficient on gasoline. Okay. So I ended up getting myself, uh, this was in 2017, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I got me a maybe 2016, 2017. I got me a 2013 Nissan Altima. And um, I had the car and I drove it for like two days. And I'm like, I don't like the way this thing drives. It wasn't luxury enough? It just didn't drive like my Mercedes drove. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a Nissan. You know what I'm saying? You compare Nissan to Mercedes, 
ain't no comparison, like, yeah, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So um, so a good friend of mine said, put it on Toro. He said, put it on Toro, rent the car out. They had already okay. been renting cars off of Toro, very familiar yeah. with that platform and stuff like that. So I said, I'm going to rent rent it out. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up getting on Toro, and it was, it was great to me. So I did Toro from 2016. It was 2016 to 2018. Wow, you've been doing it for a minute. Yeah, 2018, I took a pause because that's when I started building my real estate team and we just yeah. started getting bigger. And um, during COVID in 2020, mm-hmm. um, another friend of mine said that he was getting into Turo and then he says, you used to be in that. And I said, yeah, he's like, you should get back into it. And I was like, okay, cool. And I got back into it and seven cars later and that's where we're at. Hey, seven cars later. I need that Turo. Let me show y'all how at your boy real quick. Yeah. Man, I see you work with the Cardones. Oh, man, Elena. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to ask you a question, right? Uh, because like maybe a few months ago, it was circulating out there where um, Grant Cardone had said when he speaks to like the black community, you know, he has to speak in like street terms, <laughs> right? What are your thoughts on that? I, I think what you got to do is you got to not read into things the way we like to. Uh-huh. You know, we, we always see the bad in people, but we never truly see the good in them. Mm-hmm. And what I believe the gentleman was trying to explain, although he kind of was a little bit offline with the way he said it. Mm-hmm. I think what he just was trying to say is that he just has to baby his terms a little bit so that you can be a better educated. Yes. But even myself, I was just talking to my preferred lender on the phone today mm-hmm. and we're going over the program for our home ownership event that we have taking place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I said, I hope you're not going to speak like that. He's like, what's wrong with it? I said, those people are never going to understand what you're saying. Yeah. He's, he's like, okay, I got to dumb it down a little yeah. between him and I. I said, yeah, yeah you have to. Down. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. I ain't going front. I ain't never heard the word aggregate, allocate, you know, arbitrage. <laughs> so I started looking into some real estate stuff. Hello. So I Hello. didn't take it offense because I tell black people all the time. I was like, yo, we can't be promoting all this street stuff and did, 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 did that. And then when they say, well, hey, we're trying to speak to you in that language. So you guys can comprehend it. And what he talking about? Yeah. Oh, this is how we talk all the time. So he's just saying he's trying to speak in a language that we can understand. Hey, at the end of the day, just be excited. They're talking about you. And that's yeah. just how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. You know, some people, some people, oh, he culture vulturing. And I'm like, man, yo, you're not trying to get into real estate because real estate is where the bread at. Do you own any property? I do. I own my home. I own my townhouse and I own a few real estate properties that are on my Airbnb list as well as my rental list as well. This man got Airbnb on his property. Okay. Okay. Do you think it's important for a real estate agent to get into real estate investing? I most definitely think so. I I think Mm -hmm. as as I'm seven years away from my 40 year retirement, once again, I believe that you have to create a cash flow to supplement the income that you're making. And, you know, one thing that I always tell people is that it's not a trap. Regardless of how many years you've been into real estate, man, mm-hmm. I never believed that it was attractive to me mm-hmm. being on the phone with an agent that happens to be 67 or 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about negotiating a contract. Mm. I feel like at that age, you need to be like winding down, enjoying life. Yeah. You know, colada. I mean? Yeah. So I believe you, you work in your 20s. You, you burn yourself in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And as you start to get older, you start winding down. So so I believe any realtor that says that I'm going to do real estate, understand that there's going to be a time where you don't want to be showing properties and yeah. 10, 20, 30 houses and on Saturdays and on Sundays and maybe even being 24-7. So how do I supplement that? I got to be able to 
create some cash flow opportunities and that's yeah. multiple doors or that's single doors or that's Airbnbs, which is kind of dying out right now too. Or maybe that's owning properties. What I see a lot of people doing are they're owning properties in different countries right now. No, yeah, I see that's pretty hot now. You know, man. A great friend of mine owns pretty much a lot of stuff in DR right now. I'm just wow. excited for them, you know, yeah, yeah, and what yeah. they're doing. So I believe that any person, regardless if you're in real estate or not, get yourself some real estate because that's the number one assess, asset um, asset that appreciates rather than depreciates. And even if it does depreciate, it definitely does always go back up. Look at the market that we're in right now. No, fast, you know, prime fast. example, man, prime example. When I was when I was going into my house, I wasn't thinking about purchasing a home. You know, I just mm -hmm. had the opportunity come to me and I was talking to two investors of mine that happened to be my clients. Yeah. And they were like, don't buy now. Don't buy now. And I was like, Mm. One thing about me though is that when I want something, I really like want it. You no, know, go get it. Yeah. So, you know, I got a great, great deal on my home. Mm -hmm. Then to see that the values doubled and tripled in less than a year. Is that with doing like home improvements or just no, just the the area itself, man. Okay. I bought like right before the midst of COVID. Wow. Okay. You, you know. Then. Yeah, and I got a great deal, you yeah. know, and I even thought about selling my house. I had put my house on the market for a good 24 <laughs> hours, and I said, wait a minute, where am I going to go? <laughs> got to move back in with mommy and daddy real I quick. I would not do that, but <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, by the time you move out, I thought yeah. about going into a rental. I'm like, man, by the what I pay for my mortgage versus a rental just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. But I believe anyone should own themselves some, some real estate. But what about the Grant Cardone method, right, where man. he has rent? where you live but own what you rent what you think about that i believe that's a great method actually that's my method i played behind that i remember uh -huh. um there was there's this one investor that i used to work with very very efficiently i would say you know mm -hmm. and um he 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 always told me that he was like you should buy this you should buy that you should buy this you know and it was always when i was in a rental you know and i and i started working with him you know and buying stuff and, and selling stuff and fixing stuff up mm -hmm. and I, I believe that you probably make your most money mm -hmm. in buying properties that you're able to fix and flip or fix and hold uh -huh. rather than buying a house that doesn't appreciate you anything okay so you so don't believe staying in a house for 30 years I don't, I don't think, I, I believe in paying off your mortgage, definitely paying off your mortgage. Cause that's one thing that you don't have to worry about and someone ever taking from you. Mm -hmm. But I believe that you got to create some cash flow. Mm -hmm. So even for myself, man, if, if I probably was to turn around, I probably would have sold my house when I wanted to sell my house. Cause yeah. I probably would have taken that money and bought a whole lot of doors with it mm. rather than being in a house that I really don't even use. You know, okay. I go to the kitchen, I go to my office and I go to my bedroom. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I have a pool that I never go inside of. You know, I, I have a backyard that I never entertain. My dog uses it more than I do. Yeah. I'm on a lake that I never even go see. I don't even know what's in there. I don't even know if it's clean. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I have a third bedroom that I never go inside of. It's a storage room. Okay. I've done turn my my garage into a storage. So it's like I would probably sold my house when it was at its peak, mm. taking that money, bought some more doors, and then figure it out. So True. now when I'm paying two, $3,000 for rent, it's okay because I'm loading up on the other side. Yeah, facts. So if I'm trying to get the most bang for my buck, right, would you suggest residential or multifamily on a first time purchase? I think the FHA opportunity to get into a multifamily, rent one side out, live on the other side. Ah, like house hacking. There you go. Yeah. Definitely makes a win for you because now what you can do is you can live in that house as an FHA borrower, mm -hmm. you rent the other side, the way rents are now, you're probably paying the mortgage or paying at least 75% of it. 
Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you go and you move into another duplex or you use that money and buy a single family home. Is your hair thinning and not growing back to its fullest potential? Well, let me refer you to the Action Hair Care products, right? Angie and her daughter, Allie, has 21 plus years of experience and they specialize in hair growth products, customized hair color, deep moisturizing treatments, and updated hair care routines that are natural and cruelty free. So if you don't want to end up like me, let me tell you what you do. They're going to promise to give you the best experience for full potential for hair growth, right? So get your papers and pens out right now, and I need you to head over to www.actionhaircareproducts.com. I'm going to say it again, www.actionhaircareproducts.com. And if you're local and you're in the area, you can head over to Deco Drive Beauty Supply in Miramar Parkway, Florida. Also, L.A. Beauty Supply in North Lauderdale, Florida. White Diamonds Beauty in Fort Pierce. So if you're in that area, head out there to White Diamonds Beauty. And Glam's Beauty Supplies in Port St. Lucie. So let them know Mr. Williams from I Talk Grey sent you. Now back to the episode. Yeah. You know, so there was this opportunity for me to buy a 10 plex. Wow. I wanted the Templex so bad. That sounds sexy. That I was going to sell my house. Hell yeah. I was going to sell my house again to the Templex, you know? And then I started looking at the numbers, and the numbers just weren't there. And I was like, damn, man, I really don't see myself living in one of these units. I really don't see okay. myself living in You didn't want to deal with some of the tenants? It's not that. I would have. Mm-hmm. I would have, but it's just the numbers just didn't make sense. Okay. But what it did was it opened my mind to say, man, I can own a Templex. Mm-hmm. So my bucket list is to own a Templex or something bigger. Okay. But what I believe is that if you can get multiple doors, two doors, three doors, four doors, five doors, why not? Okay. So you said it didn't make sense, right? The numbers. So how do you calculate profitability? You calculate what you're paying for the property mm-hmm. and you take into consideration the taxes, mm-hmm. the insurance, the cost of maintenance, and then you divide that by the rent that you're going to be collecting from all the units. Uh, and if, if sometimes, and what happens is sometimes the numbers don't make sense because those tenants been in there for so long. Now, if you have to take them out, that's going to be work for you. You got to renovate the property. Yeah. You yeah. got to make it more modern to today's standards. Then from there, you're going to be able to rent it out. So it's a lot of work. And then you got to think about high taxes right now. The market's very, very high. So yeah, it's crazy down here, especially and in homeowners insurance. One of my friends just said, one of my friends, yeah, last night. She's, she lives in Coral Springs, and she said mm-hmm. she just got her homeowner's insurance bill, and it's $11,000. Damn. Hold on. $11,000 exactly. or $1,100? $11,000. What? I pay $7,000 for insurance. So I'm oh, just- so just This is for the year? Yes, for the year. Okay, okay, okay. Okay? But still, $11,000 on insurance is, is really, really steep. I, so I have been paying seven thousand for the last two years. I remember my neighbor, who's actually a mortgage lender. Okay. When he got his bill earlier this year, mm-hmm. he said, "Man, my taxes went, my my insurance bill went up to five thousand dollars." I said, "I've been paying that forever, man." So what's happening is that when as buyers are buying homes, you gotta just buy a home because you can afford it, and not because you're in love with it. Because you yes. have to understand that your taxes and your insurance is gonna go up and probably gonna go up each and every single year. Wow. The fact that you just said that, right? Can you afford it? So what's the difference between eligibility and affordability? <laughs> Great question, man. Listen, I, I want to move so many times. I look at homes yeah, and I say, man, I can I can definitely afford this $700,000 house. I can afford this $1 million house. Yeah, yeah. But do I want the headaches and the work that I'm going to have to do 
to be able to afford it Mm -hmm. rather than just staying where I'm at right now and just being in the comfort of my home. So to any buyer that's out there, even any investor that's out there, what you definitely got to do is you got to calculate, man, not just for today, but for long term, you know, because my palm trees are overgrown. For example, let's talk about those. And a lot of people talk about those. You know, I was just talking to my neighbor. My neighbor offered uh-huh. to cut the trees for me. But guess what? The guy wants $150 a tree. There's six To trees, cut it down? To, to trim them. To trim them $150 per tree. Damn. Yeah, I have six palm trees. So I pretty much go through the same thing every six months. I go through the same thing. What happens is they start growing so thick that they yeah. start to cover my grass. So then my grass starts dying out. I got to replace the grass every single six months. Then I got to figure out how to cut the trees. Replace the grass. You got like fake grass? No, I have real grass. But what happens is with the shade being Mm -hmm. covered from the branches, Mm -hmm. it's not able to get sun. Mm. So then it ends up dying out every single time. So I have to keep trimming the trees every six months. So, you know, your AC goes out. You got to replace it. My house has two ACs. So like a home warranty. You can definitely get those. Those are definitely recommended. Mm -hmm. But what happens with insurance is that you don't need it until you need it. Then you're like, gosh, I wish I had it. And yeah, that AC go out, man. You you can't kind of can't get it, you know. So you're you're spending five to seven to eight thousand dollars on AC, depending on what size unit you have, you know. And then there's a lot of other stuff that go into a home. You get a pipe leak, for example, you know. So yeah, and then so many people are skipping out on insurance coverages right now, or certain policies of their insurance coverages because it's so expensive. Yeah. So they're skipping out. Don't give me the water. Don't give me the personal property. Don't give me this. Don't give me that. Yeah. And I'll just figure it out when it happens. So there's yeah. a lot of other stuff that we're going to have to start to think about as we purchase these homes because it is going to cost us. Wow. So if I'm looking to get a home right, is it important to suggest over, like to offer over the asking price to ensure the deal? It depends your situation. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, I took back $14,000 on my house from the sellers, you know? Is that because you was a real estate agent? No, that was not my commission. That okay. was because I wanted to bring the least amount of money to closing. So they were asking three hundred for my home, for the home. It had got bidded up all the way to three twenty. Mm-hmm. So I ended up executing at three thirty because I wanted that money and I wanted to pocket as much money as I wanted to because I understood that. Hold on, yeah, I don't know if I'm kind of I ain't catch. You said the I'm, house was three twenty. Yeah, but you put it for three thirty. Yes, and I and I requested fourteen thousand dollars back. Okay, how, how you how you. How you do that? Hey, great math right there, right? So <laughs> it threw me off a little So second. so quick technique though. So so in today's market, the way the house market is, uh-huh. if if there's a house that's really, really hot out there, mm-hmm. everyone wants it. How yeah. do I get the seller to pick my offer? Is to pay over asking. Okay. But let's say, for example, it's not a house that's very, very hot out there and everyone's not running to it, but mm-hmm. I'm short on cash. Mm-hmm. And I know the seller wants 330, for example, what am I gonna do? I'm going to offer her $340 and ask for $10,000 back. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring her back to her $330. So she doesn't lose anything, but I gain. You follow? Wow. So that's pretty much what I did for my situation. Not that I didn't have the money, but I just wanted to pocket as no, much of it. No, of course. So, so it depends on the situation that you're in. You know, if the house is sitting on the market, it's a stale property. Yeah. I highly recommend that you go in 15, 10, 20% below ask. Mm-hmm. But if you know that you're going to need some concessions, you're going to need to be doing some work to the house or you're just short on cash. Mm-hmm. What I highly do recommend is that you, you, you build a relationship. Number one, you build a relationship with the listing agent. You get yourself a real estate professional out there that knows how to build relationships with people. Number mm-hmm. two, you hire me. 
Yeah, you, already you know, higher heat. <laughs> and then what you do is you go in to understand exactly what the seller's looking for. Yeah. And then you play with that, you know? Okay. So in today's market, a lot of homes are still being sold over list price. And then there's some homes that are being sold below list. And then there's a, there's a larger percentage of homes that are being sold at the ask price. Okay. So are down payments and interest rates based on like your credit score? They, they actually are. Your interest rate is based on your credit score. There was actually a, um, a Fannie Mae change that just took place, mm-hmm. you know, just to balance out the market for pretty much everyone and make home ownership an opportunity for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, a, a buyer of mine got a pre-approval yesterday and she's at 9%. Wow. Because of a collection item that's on her credit that's bringing her to the sixes. Mm-hmm. So it was highly recommended from the lender to have that item removed off of her credit. So that she can see herself get a better rate, which is probably seven or or six percent that's out there. In regards to closing costs, it's going to be the same depending on what type of loan you're getting. You know, if you're getting an FHA loan, a, a, a VA loan, or a conventional loan, okay. okay. Then what happens is if you're getting an FHA loan, there's something that's called your prepaid. So that can probably change based off of your interest rate because you pay PMI up front. Mm-hmm. What's PMI? Um, private mortgage insurance. So private mortgage insurance is actually the insurance that the lender takes out to ensure that they are secured for the amount of money that they're providing you. So let's say, for mm-hmm. example, you're taking a loan out for $500,000. Okay. You're paying PMI on that money whenever you place less than 20% down. And what that does is that assures the lender that if you flake on this loan tomorrow, that he or she is guaranteed to get their $500,000 back. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So how would you, what is all included in the mortgage then? So I don't escrow for myself. Someone asked okay. me that yesterday. Why don't you escrow? I just like a cheaper mortgage payment, <laughs> you know, but um, for the average person out there, they're going to have principal insurance, taxes and interest. If mm. there's a homeowners association, they need to factor that into it as well. Okay. But they are going to automatically have what's called PITI. Once again, principal, which is the principal of their payment uh-huh. interest, whatever interest rate that they receive mm-hmm. the taxes, which is what's, taken into 12 months and divided by um, 12, taken mm-hmm. up for a full year and divided by 12. And then there's the um, mortgage insurance as well. Okay. I saw you put something on your page, but man, this man is dropping gems. I hope y'all writing all this stuff down because he's going in right now. What is the hometown heroes? Oh man. Super, super excited about that band. Yeah. I'm actually hosting an event tomorrow that we're going to be discussing that. So it's going to be Saturday, July first 2023 i know when this rolls out it's probably gonna be past that yeah yeah but excited to know that as of right now we have about 120 people registered wow congratulations on that thank you we open up a virtual platform as well so we want to educate people across the world Mm -hmm. and what the hometown heroes program is as of july 3rd 2023 the live local act that was signed actually when I was up in Tallahassee and it's basically an opportunity to make sure that we keep our residents here and not allow them to move to the mother States that they've been moving to. So yeah, cause I was trying to probably dip to Texas. <laughs> man. Everyone is man. Everyone is <laughs> like Houston. I've been seeing some four bedrooms, like two sixty, even multi-units crazy, for like right? two twenty. Yeah. Just beautiful too. Deuces. Yeah. So the Live Local Act was signed into, and it's not just $35,000. So many other things were signed into there. Mm-hmm. But the focus of it, excuse me, the focus of it is, is that the buyer that has to be a first time home buyer mm. has to have um, lived in Florida for the past two years and worked in Florida for the past two years. Okay. Minimum 640 credit score is eligible to receive up to $35,000 towards their closing costs or down payment. 
or up to 5% of the loan amount. Wow. So you said first time home buyer, right? Can you be a first time home buyer more than once? You could definitely be a first time home buyer more than once. So for this particular program, it's considered a grant. So what happens is we can't confuse a first time home buyer on a standard versus a grant program. So the grant program basically says as long as you have not owned a home for the past three years, mm. you're considered a first time home buyer and you'll definitely qualify for this free money. Okay. You want free money. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 no interest rate, no payback. You know, there's no fine print with this. It's just wow. basically check the boxes. Yeah. The lender would do his part if she or he is educated and, and working on that. And you'll be getting your money towards your closing costs. And there you go on your way. Okay. What about, because I was looking at um, this program. Have you ever heard like getting your investment property with an LLC and then you don't have to like show tax returns and things like that? Do you, do you know about that? Our event's actually going to be focusing on that as well. Okay. So through the TikTok videos, the YouTube videos, mm -hmm. and the Instagram reels, you know, I said, man, we have to bring someone that's educated in this field. Yeah. So what we call it is we call it our DSCR loans, okay? Say that again? DSCR loans. DSCR loans, okay. okay. And in the lending institution, they're considered as non-conforming loans. Mm -hmm. And these non-conforming loans are basically a buyer can purchase a home in his name or in an LLC. Mm-hmm and do a what's called a bank statement loan, mm -hmm. which is 12 or 24 months of their bank statements, which works a lot for self-employed people out there, 1099 employees. Okay. They can do a profit and loss statement loan as well. Okay, you get that entrepreneur, okay. you still get a home. There you go, profit and loss. So even though your, 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 your company may not be producing money, mm -hmm. according to the books, but you know you're pocketing it, yeah, you can still qualify yeah, for, yeah. for a mortgage. Okay. Okay. Um, focus on FHA renovation programs as well. So a mm -hmm. home that's beat up, you can definitely purchase it. Okay. Okay. There's programs out there that are commercialized programs as well. Mm -hmm. There's programs out there that are construction programs as well. So let's say, for example, it's not a home that you're going to live in, but it's a home that you're going to be working on to flip. You can, yeah. You can get one of those loans as well. There's so many products that are out there. And what happens is, is that as the market continues to shift and we as, I guess, citizens of the United States, they continue to stress the importance of home ownership. Mm -hmm. They continue to either bring back programs, fix programs that were out once before, or they bring in new products so that they can make sure that everyone is eligible for a home. So listen, folks, don't get stuck on just understanding that there's FHA conventional VA out there. Yeah. Get, get stuck with understanding, am I working with a professional that's the lender and the realtor you know, and knows how to package my product and what I need and knows how to get me into a house in 30 days or less. Yeah. Are you a business owner, entrepreneur, entertainer, and you got a story to tell? You want to get your brand out there to the world? Well, you reach the right place. Let's set up an exclusive interview between me and you. I talk great. And we're going to go ahead and get your brand out there to the world. But here what you do. Go ahead and send me an email with the words gray at italkgraymedia at gmail.com. See you soon. Are all lenders created equal? Absolutely not, man. Okay. Absolutely. There's lenders out there, and I was just talking to a lender about this. There's lenders out there that truly just focus on the DSCR loans. Mm -hmm. There's lenders out there that just focus on first-time home buyers. There's lenders out there that just focus on FHA renovation loans. There's lenders out there that just focus on commercial loans. So what I believe, though, and there's lenders out there that don't answer the phone. There's lenders out there that do answer the phone. There's lenders out there that are professional, and there's just some yeah. that are just not, you know? So what I believe, though, is that there's not just one lender out there for everyone. I believe just like anyone out there that's going to work with a professional the same way you interview the attorney that you decide to work with, mm. you should interview the, the, the realtor, 
Yeah. And you should interview the mortgage lender as well. Well, so the person, whether it's buying or selling, should interview the realtor. Really? That's what you're saying? Almost oh, definitely. Oh, wow. I just left the listing appointment and I saw another folder from another company on the table. Mm -hmm. And the, the gentleman said, you like to talk a lot. And I said, yeah, I do. The power of the mouth. <laughs> so I asked him, I said, so tell me about that folder that's there, you know? Yeah. And he said, you don't have to worry about them. They're going in the garbage, you know? So not every realtor is made the same because of experience, uh, because of professionalism, yeah, because of knowledge, and because of drive. Mm. You can never put two realtors together or three realtors together and believe that they're built the same, probably because they're with the same company, they are the same age, or they may have gone through the same training camp. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it goes back to our number one question, which was the first question you asked me, is there why? So my why to be the best real estate professional that's out there, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to be as professional as I can be. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be very, very assertive yeah. and very efficient as possible. Yeah. Okay. So, so you said realtor, right? Is there a difference between a realtor and a real estate agent? Most definitely. Great question, by the way, man. Okay. Yeah. So a realtor Thanks. is someone that is, um, that has access to the MLS, number one, a realtor, someone that has access to the MLS. MLS, what do you mean MLS? The multiple listing services system where all the homes are listed. Okay. They've taken the code of ethics, which means that they're going to abide by the code of ethics with everything that they do, rather it's another realtor, rather mm -hmm. it's a client or a customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that they operate with the R designation. Okay. The R. Which is R for realtor. Okay. 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 So anyone can be a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but most people you'll find that I would say 90% of people that are operating, they're probably operating in a realtor or realtor associate aspect and not a real estate agent. But there's a lot of real estate agents that are out there that don't have MLS access. They don't operate by the code of ethics. Really? And, and they're, yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all licensee. So we all had to take the state board and pass mm -hmm. and pass the background check and everything else. Did you pass the state boards on the first try or? Ah, uh, no, nah, man. Nah, I, I I took it. So I took it originally. Uh -huh. My certificate was about to expire. Mm -hmm. And then I started taking it over and over again. So I probably think like the first time probably the, the gentleman right here, we took it a few times. So mm -hmm. uh, probably about two years ago. Oh, he's um, a real estate agent too. Yes, he is. Okay. All right, brother. So, um, so I would say when I was finally getting to the deadline of my certificate expiring, mm -hmm. I would say I probably took it four or six times before I finally passed it. Wow. Yeah, but man. you never gave up, man. You know what? I got to give you your kudos for that because I tell people all the time, you never know what you can really do until you get into something. Like you can say you want to do something, but until you get into it and you see what struggles may come with it, it'll really let you know if you're built for that or not. Cause I'm not going to front. I did go for my real estate license, but I tried to do it online. And yeah, that was the worst mistake ever. I thought, cause I was like, man, okay, I could just do this online while I'm working. And yeah, bro, I passed the actual course mm -hmm. itself. But when it was like getting to like, the yeah, it was just, I'm like, yo, I ain't seen none of this in the actual course. So I'm like, I'm totally like baffled by any of this information, you know? But man, the fact that you kept going, that is amazing, brother. Being resilient, man. I took my broker's license um online though. It was during COVID. Hold on, so you're a broker? Yeah, I do hold my broker's license. Oh, snap. Okay, hold on. We, we gotta put some respect on this real quick. <laughs> I thought you was just a, a realtor. Nah, so during COVID, man, um, I had the opportunity to get my broker's license. Everybody was home. So yeah. I took the course and I became a broker. 
That's what's up, man. Never with the idea of opening my own brokerage, but just yeah. another acclimating to just say something was accomplished. Because I was wondering, I was like, how you got your own team? I was like, that's is this something new in the real estate field? Like, I was like, I know you have to be a broker in order to have the team. Not necessarily, though. You no? don't. You, okay. Any, any any real estate agent, realtor, realtor associate, or broker can run a real estate team. It, it, so what a team is is it's a, it's truly a community. It's okay. people that believe in you. They they know that you can take them to the next level, mm-hmm. and they want them. They want to pretty much follow your steps to get there, you know? Mm. So there's some unofficial teams out there and there's some official teams that are out there. Okay, okay, I like that. Do you think buying a home is an asset or a liability? It depends. Once again, if you know that you're buying a home just to buy a house and you can't afford it, mm-hmm. then you're making a bad mistake. Okay. Sometimes you got to let go and start over, you know? But if you, if, but if you feel like you need a home because a home, once again, is energy... And we mm-hmm. spoke about that earlier. Yeah. And it provides an opportunity for you to have somewhere where you can lay your head at night and be comfortable. Yeah. It provides growth for your family. Maybe it's your relationship that you're looking to build, or maybe it's a relationship that you're in right now and it provides some type of comfort there. Then a home is definitely needed. But but if you're finding yourself working paycheck to paycheck to afford this, you gotta mm. let it go. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. You know, it's it's just the whole American dream. You know, hey, you need the white picket fence and the backyard and everybody to get caught up. But all these details that you've been saying here, it's just letting you know that it ain't as easy I, as you think it is. I think people may be over that, though, now. You think so? I, I think so. I, I think I'll be I, hearing it in certain circles. Y- yeah, but then, then, but then I believe that their why, once again, is not big enough. No, you know? facts, facts, facts. You know, their why is not big enough. I think I know people out there that rent. They've rented their whole lives. And although I try to push them into buying a home, mm-hmm. that's what's what I do. It's my job. No, of course. Um, They believe that they want to stay tenants. They enjoy staying tenants. They don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. And when they're ready to get up and move, they get up and move, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I believe if you are going to say it's my time to own a home, mm-hmm. because it's not. Because the realtor wants you to buy a home or your family wants you to buy a home, you have as the individual have to say, man, now I'm ready to own a home. Mm-hmm. Then you're officially ready to own a home. Okay. Do you think it's smart to buy now in this market? Chip? Almost definitely. I think every market's a great market to buy. Okay. 2020 was not a good market according to the investors that I was working with, right? Yeah. But yet, look what happened. Once again, it goes back to, are you ready to purchase a property? Are you able to put yourself in a position of owning a home, taking care of a home, dealing with a home? And and if those boxes check yes, then yeah, it's definitely the best time to buy a home. I, I know people that have bought homes for $200,000 wow. that are now worth millions of dollars. Wow. I know people that bought homes for $70,000. I bought my home for $300,000. The lady that lived in there in 1974 bought it for $76,000. bucks. Damn. Imagine they told her in 1976, right now is not a good time to buy a home with a 22% interest rate and everything yeah, else yeah. that was going on. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so what's the what, value looking like now on your home? We're in the sixes. Super wow. excited to be in the sixes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sometimes I think about selling. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but but I know a lot of people that, you know, the, a gentleman that I met today, once again, he bought mm-hmm. his house for $57,000 and we're about to put it on the market for four twenty-five. Wow. And that was in 2013. He purchased that property. That's a major flip right there. He's going to make some major money. Yeah, yeah. Some major money. He's going to make, you know, he didn't have a mortgage on there. He bought it cash. Okay. It was always an investment property for him. I was excited to hear that he owns the duplex across the street. Okay. I was thrilled when he said he owns the house next door. Yeah. He said the house. He's making some moves. He said the house right next to that. He owned it once before, but he sold it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so that was a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. He bought the block. Yeah, you know, so so for any individual that's out there, they have to identify, am I ready to buy a home? Do I have the money? Do I have the down payment? Do I have the credit? Do I check all the boxes? And if that all aligns to being yes, then right now is a time for you to buy a home. But if not, then it's just, it's okay to rent. It's okay to be a renter. Yeah. It's probably stress-free to be a renter. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you right. Okay. So what's next for you now, man? Uh, just being amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you are already doing, man. But hey, this, honestly, ahead, man. honestly, you know, you spoke about Elena earlier, but I would be remiss if I didn't speak about my company. Okay. So what's next for me is really continue to build my, my company, build my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I partnered with, I would say, the number one real estate brokerage out there, the recession-proof real estate brokerage that's out there. Yeah. You know, our, our company announced last year that they're buying brokerages. Wow. So people are struggling. They're buying brokerages. We, we, we offer something that there's no other real estate brokerage that offers. You know, so my goal for, for the remainder of the year and probably the next couple of years while I'm still in real estate is to continue building my real estate team. We're nationwide. I'm in seven states, probably maybe six, six or wow, seven. Wow! So you done right left now. Florida? Yeah, Florida, Georgia, Maryland, South Carolina, Ohio, um, and New York. New York. Wow! You know, you no, know he making money. He in New York. So, um, and, and and my goal is to continue build my team, mm-hmm. create successful real estate agents or realtors at EXP Realty, man. That's dope, brother. Man, this has been so amazing, man. You dropped so much gems. We might have to do a part two because I don't have like a whole nother list of questions here for you, uh, man. Most definitely. Thank you. Yo, but let everybody know where they can find you at. Hey, on Instagram, Jeffrey Corlon. And on, honestly, on all platforms, Jeffrey Corlon, last name C-O-R-R-I-O-L-E-N. Okay, so you out on all platforms? All platforms you can find me. Yeah, probably some I don't even need to be on. I'm on there too, baby. <laughs> no, but I tell people and I stress about the importance of making sure you're on all those other platforms because Instagram be tripping a little bit nowadays. Facebook, it's- YouTube Shorts, TikTok for sure. You on TikTok too? Most definitely. But not only that, it's really when you're in the entrepreneurial space, you never know where your next piece of business is going to come from. Exactly. Just like I tell the sellers, you never know where the buyer is going to come from. So you yeah. got to be on all websites. Yeah. So as any person that's in business and you want to grow your business, you got to be out there because you never know where that call is going to come from. I get the most mysterious call sometimes. And I say, where did you get my information? They said, I got on realtor.com. I got on Zillow. Wow. I got on Google. I got on YouTube. And I'm like, man, man that excites me. Zillow. Yeah, that excites yeah. me when I hear that. Yeah. What does that mean? It means keep going. No facts. That means, wait a minute. Zillow? I haven't posted something on there in two, three days. Let me go post 10 things on there. <laughs> But did you have it all together when you first started, though, or did you kind of just throw yourself out there? For real estate, I would say I definitely didn't have it all there. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, you just trying to think. I I didn't. Ha- I didn't have a mentor. I fired my mentor. We can get into that story. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I fired both my mentors. Wow. You know, me and my friend no longer work together. Mm-hmm. But but what I did was I really didn't have any other way, so I had to figure it out. Okay. So, so I was in the office. I was the first one in the office, man, seven o'clock. Wow. And I was the last one out the office, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Wow. But guess what? My first year in that office that I was in, I was in a couple of other offices before I left that company. I was the number one in units. Wow. I was the number one agent in units. Yeah. So I went to work each and every single day. I learned what I needed to learn. I educated myself. I stayed behind and studied some more mm-hmm. and I went to work and no was not an option. Facts. No, it's not an option. You heard what the man said. He was there at seven, so that means he must have got up at five. 
<laughs> man, this has been good, brother. I definitely appreciate you for coming on, man. Y'all already know what it is, man. It's your boy, Mr. Williams. I talk gray, and we out of here. Yeah.